0: Alright Oilers fans, what can you say about this game? On a night when two Oilers legends hung their jerseys in the Oilers Hall of Fame category, the Oilers on the ice just could not hang with the New Jersey Devils as they extended their winning streak to 5, ending ours at 5. But hey, maybe you can get your own winning streak up with our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football continues, the World Series is ongoing, and the hockey season is well underway. Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN Ontario only 19 plus please play responsibly well on a night when there's not much to look forward to Zach what do you no. make out of this depressing
1: loss against the Devils man the whole game the whole game I, I thought there was no way the Oilers were losing it It, it looked locked up and I, you it's it's such a tough game. This is the thing about game over, right? You the game ends and you're right here doing the broadcast. You don't have time to sit, you don't have time to digest and the fact that the Oilers blew it with like 3 minutes left in the third. Oh man, it just it changes everything about that game. It changed like I didn't feel bad about the game. I know the game the way that it worked. It the Oilers obviously got outplayed for stretches, but I thought it wasn't necessarily like a they were getting dominated by the Devils by any mean. I thought, you know, it would be 10 minutes in favor of the Oilers and, you know, 10 minutes in favor of the Devils. And it was pretty even in the sense where it was just kind of back and forth action throughout the game. The Devils obviously put up a lot of shots They're very They have very good advanced metrics. But I don't think the Oilers played bad. I think if we just go, go right to the end, um, poppy puff, uh, again, if we just go right to the end of the game, uh, one of the things that I think, like, one of the keys for the Devils, the turning point in this game was when in the second period, Mackenzie Blackwood slides across the ice, tweaks something in his leg, gets injured.
0: It's a groin injury. With goalies making the big lunge movements, it's it's always a groin injury. Um, you you hate to see it, and especially with Blackwood, someone yeah. who's just been just a guy who's had the roughest shape of luck, and he's he's not a bad goalie, but yeah, that reinvigorated this
1: devil's team. Well, uh, of course, the, when the Oilers when Vanichek comes in, the Oilers were on the power play. The Oilers score on their first shot on him. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be easy, whatever. But oh my god, what a performance by VTech Vanichek. That is I I think that might be the best goalie performance you have seen this season. Rob's Bouchard on a two on one Rob drive saddle rob like he was making fantastic saves. I think at the end of the game. This comes what this comes down to is the oilers never capitalized on their chances and full credit to vanacek for you know stopping the oilers from capitalizing on their chances but there's a specific play that i think of you know that, that could have been where the Oilers could have gone right back up by two right after the devils uh came back and you know got one and it was back to three two uh i can't remember who was on i think it was dry saddle and cc were on a two-on-one dry settle feeds it across the ice to cc wide and open everyone, there. everyone From the announcer to me on my couch, jumped up, I screamed, let's go, like we got it. And all of a sudden the devils are going back the other way, and I have no clue what's going on. And I and Cody Cece just completely flubbed the pass, uh Patrick Patrick Stefan. Just literally, he just couldn't get his stick on it and it went off his, you know, skate and whatever. And you know, the puck went the other way. That I think, you know, that goes in, it's a completely different game, right? Um I, overall I th- I want to say for me the turning point in the game is the Blackwood injury and the play of VTech Maneschik what do you think Dennis Honestly I no discredit to the Devils
0: I think mm-hmm. New Jersey it, I, there's some folks going on in chat uh talking about luck talking about their five game win streak it, it's not luck the New Jersey Devils because of how poorly they've played in seasons past, have this terrible sort of mojo going on with their team, similar to, not quite as bad as Buffalo, but similar to that vibe where
1: people discount them. and you just associate them with losing.
0: You associate their team with losing. You think, oh, they're winning right now. It's just because it's the first 10 games, 11 games. It's not luck. This team is good. Like, the Devils are playing great. Um, they are speedy and on a team where you know we regularly cover the Oilers, one of the speediest teams in the NHL, what people would think as one of the most skilled teams in the NHL, the Devils are good and fast and skilled. They do not stop skating. They just keep moving. Even if they don't have the puck in the neutral zone in the D zone, they are constantly moving and that allows them to pick up a lot of speed real quick. And all, all of the time, like, I think when you have a, a, a play like this, where the Oilers come out, they didn't play a poor first period. Uh, I think New Jersey had a little bit of a jump on them, especially at the very, very start. But the second period was all Oilers. Edmonton dominated that second period. And of course, that's when the Blackwood incident happened. No harm, no foul. It's it's just a shame no one got penalized, and from that point on, the momentum shifted. We go into a third period where I'm sure Lindy Ruff had something to say in that ben, in that locker room, uh, and New Jersey just played the third period with a hundred and ten percent. If this is if this is Goku, this is Ultra Instinct. They just would not stop. They were relentless on every puck. And the Oilers came out very flat-footed. Not just the yeah. typical, you know, uh, we we could have had a little bit more of a chance there. Barry Nemelinen, they they played pretty rough today. And really? as soon as I think they were awful, even so, in the so very I, first period, I, I wrote that man. I was
1: very concerned about their shift. See, that, that's funny because that's where I completely opposite and i've shit on barry like almost every broadcast we have but i wanted to write that tonight um i wanted to note that tonight i thought this was vintage tyson barry besides the play on the third goal obviously where the devil where you know the devils obviously scored to tie it up i thought i thought tyson barry actually had a particularly strong game i really didn't note any oiler that was playing bad i just thought the devils are a really good team they're a really fast team i noted that the oilers um you know good like their strongest skating defenders like kulak and nurse specifically stood out i thought tyson berry this is the best i've seen him skate maybe as an oiler besides like in the playoffs he he i thought he played particularly strong i thought nemo when he's handled, we saw again a lot more puck handling from him and when nemo has the puck on his stick especially when he's trying to make plays under pressure in the d zone and because the devils are so fast they're able to get on him really quick uh i think that's where nemo struggled but i think I, I want to say that, you know, Barry, I don't think he struggled particularly. One thing I noticed about the Devils that you kind of touched on uh, a little bit, but one of the things that I noticed their forwards do, it, it, a lot of times in the Oilers, they'll have their their – forwards they kind of waiting up along the half wall and they'll pass it back to the defenseman if there's no um if there's no play for them to get into the zone but i noticed the devils forwards they kind of go for like a little skate all of mcdavid they have these four, four sets of really small speedy wingers that they just hang onto the puck a lot cuz you know we both watch hockey for a long time you almost think about you're like oh that's weird like you think what the players should do based on what you're used to and kind of what you expect so when you see what the devils are doing with their forwards and they get possession of the red line it was something I like. I didn't expect. They were, they were just, they're just so fast and so relentless that I, I think it did give Edmonton a little bit of problems, but also I do want to say full, I I don't, I want to give Stuart Skinner full credit. He stopped a ton of shots. The devils put a ton of pucks on net. Uh, I don't think he played bad by any means. I'm not no. worried about him. I'm not like, there's I, no reason to discount him, but we talked scares. about this before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, agreed. We talked about this before. I, I, Skinner probably letting the two we- two of the weakest goals he's letting in his entire career. Uh, the first goal that was caught, he was just caught sleeping essentially. It was the second goal the devil scored. He right was just caught lot. sleeping right off the face-off. It's you know that that's going to happen from time to time, but it's not necessarily a great goal to let in. And then the squeaker that just goes right through his five-hole. McLeod goes and he hits Ryan Graves right. Graves is falling down and on the broadcast they called it a knuckleball. It's the best term. Stuart yeah. Skinner was expecting it. One velocity comes another and completely you know the trajectory changes right through the five hole in the net and it's really when
0: he's closing when he's trying to close off that his skate blade just nicks the puck and it just gently bobbles into the net there yeah there's not any goal here that i would say the the new jersey devils worked hard for every goal and some of them were on skinner some of them were just a bit of a knuckler like really tough to stop. Uh, I think the even the um, the Wood goal, uh, where he was semi sort of like just received an errant pass and he just flung it on net for that one timer. That one had a little bit of an on edge to it, and it went right into the corner past uh, Skinner's shoulder. I thought that one was tough too. You you could see though, and it 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 hurts my heart. This is an Oilers focus stream. It hurts my heart. To see Skinner when he let in that fourth goal just collapse head down. You could tell that one hurt him. That one that one felt so bad. After he had stopped like 40 shots, it stung. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this doesn't start a cold streak for him.
1: I'm I don't think it will. He
0: bounces well, right back.
1: Then I we'll we'll go back to the New Jersey game and say we got a ton, ton more to break down. But just quickly, because we're on the topic of goaltending now, I uh, uh, going into Dallas, I thought it was a foregone conclusion you'd start Skinner anyways, just because of the way the goaltending has gone the last game. Does this result change the way you're thinking about the Dallas game going forward?
0: I think with Dallas, you have a almost like a. Uh, Weird sandwich game here. You had Nashville, which was a hard-hitting team, and you have Dallas, which is another team that likes to play physical. They like to go for the body, and in between, you had this like highly skilled game. So I almost fear now that we have an over adjustment in the opposite direction, and for that reason, I think I I go with Campbell. Like yeah, Campbell has I was proven that he is. Too. Campbell's proven that he he might not be the world beater, but he is stable. He will give you a good good start. Three <laughs> goals, perhaps, let in. You got to score four, maybe five. But you know what? No this goaltending- the can do no. that.
1: You know, know what this goaltending performance reminded me of? A lot a lot of this was almost, we've talked a lot about Mike Smith, you know, in the past Buckle Broadcast. This was a patented almost Miko Koskinen game where he was just so solid, so calm, so positionally sound for the entire game. And Miko, there was a game against Florida last year where he got peppered for like 46, 47 shots, made a ton of saves, kept the oilers in it. And for there were portions of this game where Skinner did keep the Oilers in it. And, you know, just and then you just let those leakers in where that's the patented nickname, Liko Koskinen, right? Like just. <laughs> Just goals that should Noted
0: noted Gordita Crunch Lover.
1: M- Nico exactly. Koskinen. Exactly. Miko this Koskinen to me is... was a Miko Koskinen game. And and again, I still full I believe so much in Stuart Skinner going forward. I'm not worried by any means. I just, you know, wanted to say it. it's a one-off. This these type of games happen every goalie. If, when you're a goalie, you're gonna have you know, worst games and this, but I do think I'm I'm confident Skinner will back to bounce back, but I do like what you're saying about Campbell going forward into Dallas. One thing also that I, I think you know there's a lot of negatives, there's a lot of things we can sit here and harp on. One thing I will say that was pretty good tonight. Uh the Oilers, you know, they were perfect on the penalty kill, which yes. is always a positive considering, you know, how special bad teams the penalty tonight
0: kill. special teams if it wasn't for this this final two minutes in the third period. I had wrote down what won them this game: Stuart mm-hmm. Skinner and the special teams. And yeah. unfortunately, just we just had a minor lapse
1: with Skinner, and as soon as that happened, we could not win this well, game. I, I think that's. It, I think this is a game that's kind of necessary throughout a long season. Obviously, there's going to be ups and downs. The Oilers were never going to win, you know, seventy games. in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're 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 bound to have losses like this. I think a loss like this. There's, there's no such thing as a good loss you know they're old there's no more moral victories but i do believe that this is the type of loss that you sit in the room and you're like okay look we played a decent game we played good enough to win and we still didn't get the job done if we want to you know do better and be uh, one of the top teams in the nhl going forward which the devils are to this point full credit to them didn't to compete with as weird as to say the new jersey devils you 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 need to play harder and you need to play better and i think this is as much as I hate using the term like learning experience or moral victories, this is one of those games that I think like I, I, I almost expect them to come out really hard now against us. Like I, I think they'll have a, in for a really strong third period because like even you saw if it, again, if it wasn't for Vitek, Vannachek, a couple of nets or whatever, even at those last three minutes, when it was turned the pressure back on, they easily could have scored a couple of things go different ways. Like Hyman tonight, Hyman did everything but score. He was an absolute dog on offense. Another. You know, great game by Zach Hyman. I, 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 a fan, like, again, there's not many Oilers I, I could pick out and say, oh, they played particularly bad. I even thought Yamamoto, I saw a tweet from Jason Gregor saying that it looked like Yamamoto's hand had um healed. I didn't yeah. even know he was injured and we were harping on him for the entire season. I guess it's something from preseason or whatever. I'm not I, too I, sure,
0: but. I think Yamo. interesting case point in, in Yamamoto. I, I want to go over that uh, a little bit later in detail. But like you said, I, I don't think any of the Oilers played poorly. It was just that the Devils outplayed the Oilers, yeah. especially gonna in happen. that third period. It's hockey. It's hockey. And I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that Barry Neymolainen played poorly. I just think that Barry Neymolainen tonight were very slow. And you could see that these were two of the Oilers' yeah. slowest defensemen and, and, against and, and, the team yeah. that just zooms right past people.
1: Well, that's why I noted, I thought the two strongest defensemen, even Bouchard. Bouchard is a great, you know, facilitator of the offense, but yeah. his skating is not, he's not the most fleet of foot He's not a bad skater, but he's not a great skater, right? So this is the game where I think Bouchard was almost victimized by the devil's forecheck just as much as um, Barry and Neymar. When but you're not saved a fast... A, he saved a yes. great
0: goal. That surefire yes. would have gone in. He just scooped Absolutely. it up off the goal line. So he gets, to he gets like a wash. That too <laughs>
1: Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the third period also saved a goal. There were a ton of yeah. great individual. Darnell Nurse had like five, you know, crucial blocks. Right, he, oh, his, yeah. one of his blocks is responsible for the first McDavid goal. Right, he. Exactly. I thought Nurse played really good. Uh, the, to compete with teams like the Devils and even the Avalanche, if we bring bring it back to last place? <laughs> It's all about the skating and your transition plan. When you have players that are slow and you overthink and you overanalyze and you don't make those quick decisions, you're going to get burned. And the Devils are now a team that's able to burn you. Obviously, the Oilers got burned. I don't think if they play the Devils again, I would... But sports interaction, I'll put all my money on them winning that game. I don't think that a result like this happens again. I don't know how. I don't know how high that uh, that betting percentage would be. So, <laughs> uh,
0: you know, when it comes down to it, as well, uh, the NHL it's shifted now, right? We are seeing the NHL become a very speed-oriented, skill-oriented league, and mm-hmm. I think no one knows that better than. Us and everyone that got bulldozed on the way to the Avalanche's first Stanley Cup because Kale McCarr is a world beater. And you could see that when you have defensemen that are able to just rush up the ice, drive the offense, they they can cause just absolutely magical things to happen. I mean, we have to expect that all NHL defensemen now have to skate at a higher level than before. And I wanted to bring up the fact that we have Broberg, who is noted for skating down in Bakersfield. Uh, I haven't checked in. I don't know what his
1: uh, I think he's just started playing games again. I don't I haven't checked on the stats or anything. I know he was injured. I think he's come back. He's just started playing games. I assume sooner rather than later one of Nima Leinen or Murray will be sent down and Broberg will come back up. They're going to want to get Broberg playing. They know everyone knows he didn't have a fantastic preseason. Doesn't matter just based on draft status alone. They want to get him in the lineup. And you're right, actually. I do think that that'll help Broberg. We've seen his transition, like He's, he is a really, he's, he's, I think he's similar, more similar to a nurse in that I don't know if his passing is like Bouchard level amazing, right. but he's great at, at facilitating the transition out of his game. And, you know, he's, he's a good transporter himself of the puck and he'll be able to, you know, skate and, you know, work to the way the NHL works. And, and we were talking about speed. One of the funny, funny you bring that up because, in in the first period of the game one of the most nerve-wracking plays i i had it was like we, when you, you know how some people say oh your life flashes before your eyes but when you see like you're in like, a horrible situation right when mcdavid is flying up the ice full speed and they showed it on the right. broadcast later when he gets up to 40 kilometers an hour and he gets tripped by a devil and he goes you see him on all fours and he's sliding into the boards and my heart drop through my chest at that point. That's all. I'm like, Oh my God, I see him. Like it, it was so eerily similar to the play where he broke his collarbone that I, and he's going, like, I I was going, I was going 30 kilometers an hour last, last year. And I snapped my car axle. McDavid's going 40 oh. kilometers. and I almost, I almost crashed into the boards. Like, it, like if McDavid were so lucky that he was fine after that play, that man, I just wanted to bring that up as far as just like, wow it is so dangerous how fast he plays and we're so lucky he clearly didn't shy away after that throughout the game but like that was a scary play what do you think about yeah.
0: that? yeah that was that was scary and i think the other thing uh we saw mcdavid run into a very stationary hymen on uh on the rush in that third period and it's it's frustrating you you really hope that nothing's wrong with McDavid. I think that kind of thing just happens sometimes. I mean, uh, I believe it was Kane that collided with
1: McDavid earlier on in the preseason. So that kind of McDavid crashed into each other later tonight too. And McDavid was on another rush, right? Yeah. It just happens. It just happens
0: sometimes. I think when you have, when it's raining, it, it just starts to pour. Um, Let's, change things up a little bit let's go into a lighter note uh speaking of mcdavid i wonder if he got ribbed uh during that uh, power play when he
1: absolutely fluffed that one-timer uh just oh. a
0: swing and a miss
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. he's been trying for those one-timers a lot this year I, d- I remember at the beginning of last year he smoked one and then they asked dry saddle after in the interview what he thought of it. he goes it was a little fluffy it it's was a fluffy. little fluffy exactly tonight all i think this year all of mcdavid's one-timers have actually been fluffy but you know he's got what 12 goals and you know, eleven he's, games now. So yeah, this is the true. best we've seen him play. And, and you know what? It's funny because I noted before this, we come on the broadcast and we the others have you know won a lot more than they've lost this year. And and we've talked so much about all the great things about what Hyman's doing, McDa- uh, Hyman, Nuge, D- Nurse, Bouchard, everyone. One player that I find we actually don't highlight enough, and I think this day is Connor McDavid. I think we're just so like it's so weird because I I assume like, we both watched every single game he's played in the NHL. And you're just so used to his greatness. It's so weird to say, especially for fans. I know there's a ton of Devils fans watching. For fans, of, they, they wouldn't know what it's like to watch a great player like this, but a generational uh, like, superstar. Exactly. To every game, game in, game out, have, watch someone just these crazy rushes, like even like his first goal. You just don't even think much of it. You just write down McDavid goal. Like you're like any other player doesn't like wow, Hyman, what a drive. What's even Hyman on a, a rush he, had, he didn't score. I was like, wow, Hyman with the crazy speed, so close, Rob. McDavid does that like, six times a game and you're just like, Yeah, whatever. And it's weird. It,
0: we write more notes when McDavid seems human. <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. we write notes when he's like, Ooh, he had a little bit of a flub, a little mishandle in the corner. Like we write those more than than oh yeah he scored a beautiful
1: totally bat, beautiful goal that, and that's a great angle. way to put it that's, that's a great just, way to put it because you, you just superhuman yeah and you just expect it as crazy as it to say you just expect it and 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 you know and, and it's so hard but we enjoy everything he makes so he makes so many fantastic plays so constantly that we almost we we just overlook them and and it's not like it's something I I want to change because frankly I just i don't want people to think that we're taking what mcdavid does for granted because we don't we're just we're almost just we're just so used to it as oilers fans which i i guess you know at least he's been here for that long hopefully he's here for many years to come to see but yeah no i think he's so devoted so dedicated such a obviously the best hockey player on earth maybe the best hockey player ever who knows uh but yeah it's, I thought, it's just that those mm-hmm. takes aren't fun <laughs> No, <laughs> So no, we exactly. have to try and say something else other than the exactly. game is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, um, exactly. That, and that's a great point.
0: Yeah. yeah same, same with, you know, Dreisaitl. I think he didn't have his best game tonight, but even when he's not having his best game, he looks great. Like some of the odd man rushes the other way, he, he looked fantastic. It's just that the Oilers just didn't bury a couple of them. Um, but you're right. Like we have two superstars on our team. And Mm -hmm. when you watch them game in and game out, you get kind of just like uh, Even in a game
1: like tonight where the Oilers, you know, they blew it three minutes left. We could sit here and be so depressed and sad and pick apart, you know, everything that happened in those last couple of plays. But like if we just take a step back and we saw a fantastically on power play goal, we saw McDavid score his 12th goal in 11 games. We're we are so blessed to watch these guys day in and day out that, you know, they make losses like this feel not as bad as they could like leafs fans the way they were acting after the anaheim loss like you'll never catch us doing that right even when like no. the others could go through like they went through a horrible losing streak last year and when you have those guys on your team you know that there's just greatness around every corner and you're not you're not worried going forward like it, it's just so reassuring it's it's i've heard them elliot Friedman always calls them nuclear weapons and that and that's what they are um, yeah, and no, they, they play fantastic. We, and I just, mean, we
0: casually dull. refer to putting the two of them on a line as the nuclear option and we don't have to mm-hmm. explain. We just say, yeah. oh yeah, we, Jay went with the nuclear option and that's, that's all we have to say. Cause we know that when those two are on the ice together, they create some kind of magic. Uh, let's, let's move on to another highlight for me tonight. Uh, the fourth line, uh, Holloway mm-hmm. got a second NHL point. Uh, another tip in by Derek Ryan, just a mm-hmm. just a beautiful redirection. Uh, second in
1: two games, so yeah. Hey, what do you think about that fourth goal? I thought the fourth line played really good. It, it's funny because the game goes a different way and, and that goal doesn't go in. We're having a completely different conversation about the fourth line because earlier in the game, one of the devil's goals, their second goal, the Miles, Miles Wood's second goal of the yeah. game, uh, comes right off of, Holloway you know, giveaway. not the best giveaway from Dylan Holloway. And, you know, you see all the points come out. Oh, man, should he be in Bakersfield, whatever. But, you know, full credit to them. They come out a period later. They get the same pressure. They Holloway makes an amazing pass right into the slot to tyson berry who shoots it on net tipped in by derek ryan and you know again if we can th- obviously this production is not gonna you know go on forever it's gonna ebb and flow but to see the, the fourth line playing like this uh it's really reassuring and again these are just all positive signs going forward and i i there, again there's some negatives but like this is why i said i i, I think i don't think the devils came out and you know, beat the Oilers. I think the Oilers just blew it. There's just a couple mistakes that ended up in the back of the net that, you know, and some games, like the bounces go a different way. And they nine times out of 10, they win this game, right? Like, it's just an unfortunate situation. But I, again, I'm, I'm not, I should be more devastated than I am about the loss. When I came into this broadcast, I was really upset. And now just sitting on here talking with, talking it through with you, I feel almost a little bit better about it. Um, you know, obviously, one thing I think it goes—we need to mention it before uh, we, you know, can't end the broadcast—is it was the in opening night induction for the Edmonton Oilers Hall of Fame, and you know, two, you know, longtime Oilers greats were inducted into the Oilers Hall of Fame you're not old enough to watch Lee Fogel in play. So I'm not going to ask you about a Lee Fogel in memory. But I'm sure you've watched a ton of Ryan Smith in your life. You talked about the 06 Cup run when you came on. Uh, Just you know, what were your thoughts watching that? I'm sure you watched the pregame speech. And what were your thoughts watching that? And what's your favorite Ryan Smith memory?
0: I mean, the one that struck me most to my core, the deepest memory. It's unfortunately a sad one. It's when we saw the photos of Smith teary eyed in the airport. But if we're going with a happy moment, and that's what I really want to do on a night like tonight, uh, my favorite moment has to be just during that 06 playoff run. You saw Smith just take pucks in front of the net. I, I was a relatively sheltered child. I did not play much street hockey up until that cup run. And I usually just... The most physical activity I got was really just riding my bike. Not a very physical sort of confrontational sort of activity. But when I saw Ryan Smith, just the heart and soul eating pucks to to the body to the mouth, and just having the composure to have it drop in front of him and go, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna score this one in first before I get my mouth stitched up." Uh, that was just an eye opening moment. A lot of people like want to say take the blood out of hockey take all of that out of hockey um it was a heart and soul moment for me Uh, that was one of the most he's one of the most key figures in my mind that exemplifies hard work effort determination you take your licks you get knocked down you get back up you keep going and that's why smitty has like a deep place in my heart along with Fernando Pisani. I mean, he mentioned in his speech if Rollison didn't go down, it's most likely that they would have gone the whole nine yards. Uh it, it was just a great moment to see. Uh you're right. I didn't see Lee Fogelin <laughs> win the cuffs with the well, Oilers.
1: Sna- Sna- Snazer Tax in, in the chat says, I watched Lee play. Uh, he was a he was once bit um he once bit, he a, bit man. a man." Epic. And no, yeah, like, I wish I had the honor and privilege of watching those 80s or those teams. Unfortunately, it's about, you know, 30 years before my time. So I couldn't but I've heard many stories. And I, you know, obviously, no one has anything but great things to say about them. But yeah, no, that Ryan Smith memory uh, seems uh, it, it, that you're, you're what you said gave me goosebumps. That's just that's just heartwarming to hear. And you know, it's actually funny, a lot of people I've known, I'm not sure you've seen this compare Ryan McLeod to Ryan Smith. I, yeah. I honestly I, I see it Beyond maybe in the, the hard work, spot. But it, it, that's yeah, that's it. But to me when I think of Ryan, when I think of Ryan Smith and I'm a little too young to remember the 06 run really. I was 6 years old when they went <laughs> to the Cup Finals. But when, like when I started from when I started watching the Oilers in like 20 30, 2012 13, like I remember the my biggest Ryan Smith memory unfortunately or unfortunately is his final game and just like the respect that he was shown by the the Cedines and the entire Canucks organization when they came out they shook his hand he wore the C, so emotional and it didn't really hit me and you and, 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 and well to your two points first i was going to say I know everyone prepares him to Ryan McLeod, but to me, Zach Hyman is the modern day, better skating Ryan Smith. Like, is he not just in front of the net, the way he rags, the way he works, the way he's never out. You just expect him to lose the puck and somehow he's still got it, driving it, putting it on net. Uh, I think we're lucky to have Hyman on the team, because, and you know, he just it works hard like and you would think in all the world. And this is how long Ryan Eugene Hopkins has been on the team. He played with Ryan Smith. Think he about that. Isn't Smith, that crazy? Yeah. He played with that. Um, and he doesn't look no. a
0: day over twenty six. <laughs> he doesn't look a day over eighteen. He's 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 Benjamin Button. We mm-hmm. Nuch is just Benjamin Button. Uh, no, I I think when it comes down to it, uh, Hyman, and I am sure. <laughs> Mrs. Hyman and his kids are very thankful that the era that Smith played in, no visor, <laughs> defenseman being allowed to just hook, manhandle, uh, literally just sometimes punch players in the mouth in order to get them off their goalie. I'm pretty sure they're happy that uh, that era is done and that he gets to keep his uh, pretty boy appearance. Because, boys, like Zach Hyman, uh, Evander Kane, and... Yes, Pulley, R.V., uh, Yamamoto. These guys—they all stand in front of the net, and oh, and Tyson Berry can't forget. Tyson nope. Berry uh, stood in front of the net many times this season mm-hmm. so far. Uh, all yeah. of those guys—they run the risk. They might eat a Bouchard slapper into the legs, but uh, yeah, they—they they grit their teeth, move on, and I think no other player has uh, done it as well in my heart than Ryan Smith. Yep, we are running out of time tonight so thanks for so much for uh coming on to our broadcast tonight guys i i know uh we had quite a few devils fans in the chat yeah so, there's avery as well as avery there we go um yeah certainly was something of a game um i don't want to know how the building was avery uh i know i normally <laughs> ask you that question in chat let's let's not do that uh All right, next game we have is Saturday, November 5th, against the Dallas Stars, hosted by Zach. Me. It'll be
1: just me on the broadcast. I'm going to be really relying on chat. I hope we're not overrun by Dallas Stars fans. I hope there are more Oilers fans in the chat to help me out. Otherwise, it might get pretty dry, but just bear with me. You know, it'll be a learning experience for all of us. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Dennis, before we end the broadcast, you always do this. I know I'll ask you your one thing. I have a one thing. I wrote one down before the broadcast starts or before we started this broadcast. So I'll let, I'll say mine, let you think about it. One thing I saw, I saw a tweet during the game from uh, a daddy. And he said, uh, with, uh, Dylan Holloway's assist tonight, he has tied Austin Matthews and Jonathan Huberto in five V five points this season. So thought that was a very funny thing to very funny stat, uh, you know, considering the situations of all three players, but I just thought it was something I wanted to point out and bring on this broadcast. I'll just drop the mic there and let that sit with all the viewers. Dennis, what are you, anything you got to say? You can tell that the STPN is a great place to work because (laughs) we
0: don't have to lose our jobs over that. Uh, Mm -hmm. For me, uh, I think I have two things. Uh, Today was, I don't know if it was because I was already in a bit of a foul mood, a little bit of a headache, but uh, I thought the digital board ads were so bad tonight. Oh, Maybe it's because of how fast New Jersey is, but the puck was just constantly going everywhere. Sticks dude. are swinging around and the board ads just were awful. I could not keep my eye on the puck uh, for a lot of those like
1: random shots mm-hmm.
0: that they just put
1: on. I now. thought it was just my TV, so I didn't want to say anything about it, but dude, you were to- like, you were so spot on. It was bad today. Like the puck was literally getting lost in the board ads. I couldn't focus. You're totally right. That was horrible. Yeah. I was- and uh, I need to step it up. On on a really uh, funny, there's just casual good mm-hmm.
0: note, uh, McDavid tonight, 69% on the faceoff doc. And with nice. that, <laughs> Zach,
1: where can they find you? You can find me at Zwheel97 on Twitter. That's Z-W-H-E-E-L-9-7 on Twitter. Dennis, where can they find you at? On Twitter, Dennis Lee, Y-E-G. Uh, yes, like I mentioned, uh,
0: Zach is going to be doing his first solo cast, Uh, 2 p.m., November 5th. It's a Saturday matinee game against the Dallas Stars. Chat, please come support my boy Zach. Uh, we mm-hmm. will be back at it on Saturday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. See you guys
0: then. Have a great rest of your night. Bye-bye.